What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. And I'm Ben. We are here to bring you our opinions on the news, notes, and happenings from around the world of sports. Although, let's be honest, this time of year, it's the NFL, even though it's not football season. This is episode 174. Probably going to be a little bit shorter episode today, but we still got four pretty entertaining topics for you, which we'll do our best to make it that way. Uh, we're going to start with Denzel Ward of the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> signed a five-year, $100.5 million extension with more than $71 million guaranteed. Whew. That's what J.C. Jackson thought he was going to be getting. But uh, it turns out that's Denzel Ward's contract. Man, all these contracts at every position just continue to get higher and higher every offseason. It's going to get to the point where you can't go any higher. It's interesting that he's now officially the uh, aver- average annual value. He's number one corner by, I think, 100, 100K over uh, Jalen Ramsey. Um, and don't think that wasn't intentional. I was intentional, absolutely. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, I think I think he's worth it to an extent. Um, but we need to see that leap, that, that, that jump to elite status. Because I think he's really good, but I don't think he's stand, he has stood out like, you know, the top of the market value players like... You know, Jalen Ramsey stood out and um, uh, up in Buffalo. He was injured this year, so I'm like spacing. Oh, oh, uh, oh Tredavious oh, White. White, yeah, Tredavious White, yeah. yeah. And then, um, you know, more recently, like Darrell Revis. Mm-hmm. You know, Stephon Gilmore. I don't, I don't think he's actually hit that marker yet. But you know, he's got his money. He's got an offense that hopefully will produce. I think. I think we might see a jump this year and really put him put uh, put a stamp on uh, where he's at in the the, the category of, of elite corners. And if he doesn't, well, anybody who thinks they're elite corner might uh, might have an argument to make that that get that pay bump. Yeah, and this is where things get really interesting because we say it every off season. This person at this position is going to set the market. Uh, for that position during the offseason because it's not always just the best that gets paid. It, it comes out down a lot to team need at the time, who's available, uh, cap space. So now we have a guy in Denzel Ward who, like you said, is very good. Where do you think he ranks? And I'm not asking you for a, you know in-depth list, but mm-hmm. if you had to place him overall in the game right now, where does he rank as far as cornerback talent? I'd definitely put Ramsey, Howard, and White above him. So you're talking at least three guys off the top of your head who are better than him but are but are, yeah. are making less money than him. So yeah. don't think that's now not going to rear its ugly head to those other teams. Why do you think you saw a rash of wide receivers get paid this offseason after Devontae Adams got paid? Uh, why do you think you saw guys with years left under contracts just getting them restructured? Because teams know <laughs> this guy on our team is better than the other guy. And thanks to the other team having a, a desperate need at that position, now we're stuck re-upping this guy before it's even time because we don't even want to deal with the ugliness of uh, contract disputes and uh, sitting out during camp. A lot of things the Cardinals are finding out with Kyler Murray right now. Uh, so it, that, that adds a very interesting dynamic to it. It'd be very simple if it was just, you're the best, you make the most. But that's not always how it works. And it, it, it kind of circles back around to that. But now yeah. we have to go through the cycle for the next couple seasons of, well, this guy's making 100 for five, and my stats are way better over the past two years, and I'm only making, you know, 14 on average. This doesn't seem right. You have to make this right, or I'm not coming to camp. It, it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. Yeah, and I don't I'm, – I'm just kind of going through the list, and obviously I haven't looked in depth on this, but, you know, there's – not much at this point that I see really that can make that jump to the next level as far as contract wise. But, you know, if Jair, I think Jair Alexander is kind of the one that really stands out the most. You know, if he hits the market next year, he might be timing it just right. So that way he may not have the stats, he may not have the accolades, but. You know, he, he's the top of the market next offseason. 
he could be the one that gets paid the most and that really is advantageous for everybody else because now they start having that argue that, that discussion with their front office and mm-hmm. you know Jair Alexander has you know only has this this and this I have more show me the money or you know go send me to a team that's gonna pay me so I, I it'll be intriguing to see what happens especially when Xavier Howard just got paid and oh yeah yeah now I mean he was fourth AAV and now he's fifth in less than a month or two it's like the dynamic changes every week I mean we've seen yeah. it with receivers so there's no reason why cornerbacks wouldn't be any different but uh, I'm I'm interested to see next offseason where where this cornerback position uh, settles itself. It's just funny too, because now I mean, now twenty million for for almost any position at top of the market is is isn't unheard of. And you know, you had 10, 15 years ago, you had the tippy top quarterbacks just about broaching that number, and now it's it's commonplace. If you're a backup, you're making ten a year. It's crazy. Uh, but speaking of quarterbacks making money, you reported on this on la- on this last week, Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. Does not plan on going to camp without a new contract, leading everybody to believe that trading was a possibility. Uh, I still believe it is, despite what reports are. Uh, re- uh, reports have come out, however, that Kyler Murray and the GM of the Cardinals have both said that they want to win a Super, Super Bowl with Kyler Murray in Arizona, and Kyler Murray wants to win a Super Bowl as an Arizona Cardinal in Arizona. They just can't agree on things like money playing time you know important things like that uh i still don't see him being traded as out of the question because every big trade in the history of sports before it's happened a couple days beforehand has always been a thing where it's like uh why not trading this guy he's part of the fabric of our team and our city and this and that and browns were dead in the water in the deshaun watson talks yep they were. It was reported that they were going back and trying to, you know, kiss Baker's ass to get him back and, and happy with them so they could get him on the field. And then the next day, Deshaun Watson's a Brown. So you can't. These GMs are going to say whatever they have to do, and I don't, that's their job. I'm not. I'm not hating on anybody for it. I get it. They're going to do whatever it takes to keep the player happy, to keep the potentially traded player uh, appeased until they're gone, to not cause trouble in the clubhouse in case they do come back. So you never know. Uh, I don't, you know, gun to my head, I don't think Kyler gets traded. But mm-hmm. I I would trade him if I was Arizona, and I think it is a possibility. But we shall see on that one. But, uh, yeah, not a lot there. Just wanted to update people on the, as the Murray turns. Yeah, I, I just think it's interesting to uh, look at the uh, NFC West landscape. This is not the time to um, kind of trade away and, and no. <laughs> try to bottom yourself out because nope. the Seahawks have already uh, pulled that off themselves. And I'm missing a couple of – I mean, oh yeah, and Atlanta has, has done the same thing. So we can really look at two teams there and say, okay, they're – they're looking at the top of the draft as well as other teams. I would, I would be very uh, hesitant if I'm the Cardinals to to really deal him away, thinking you're going to get, I'm just two names off the top of my head, uh, Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, in this draft, and and there is quite a few more. And obviously, as Chris, you've seen, other players have elevated themselves during the college football season, i.e. Joe Burrow. Um, out of nowhere, so who knows? We could see five, six quarterbacks that have first-round quality, especially on the heels of a draft this year where we could see one to three drafted in the first round. And that's, a, that's not to say anyone's of quality in the second round. It's just, you know, projections are what they are. And uh, I'll just add a note. His fifth-year option is $29 million. Um, which shoots him from, I think, about 20th, 19th ranked AAV this year 
to which by the way he's making just under nine million um that shoots him to about 13th or 12th next year uh with the 29 million um fifth year option so he's not gonna be like making peanuts next year chris um and if i'm the cardinals that's what i want i want i want to see what he does this year um and if i'm gonna have to pay for it fine but if i don't see what i want to see i have that fifth year option and a team says okay it's 29 million uh take it or leave it someone might bite yep and then they get the draft picks and and they try to move up in the draft and see where they can position themselves. I just, I just don't right now. I don't see it viable for the team. I see it next off season. I just don't see it right now. Uh, I just think it'd be a mistake by them. Well, the NFC West seems to be full of uh, controversy <laughs> because um with all the ongoings, ongoings yeah. of the wide receivers being signed and traded and given these massive contracts, uh, it, it was just assumed by everybody that the Niners were going to re-up Debo Samuel, give him a massive deal. We all saw right. the the Swiss Army knife, the human Swiss Army knife thing he did in the playoffs. Uh, essentially, in some of those games, I mean, let's be honest, single-handedly, uh, with the exception of a couple of blockers in front of him, scoring touchdowns and making crazy plays, play after play after play, really, really proved his worth, showed he is not just an emerging star, but he is, he has arrived. He is a star in this league, and he is a dynamic player. No way a team like the 49ers, especially with a rich history of great receivers like, you know, Jerry Rice and Terrell Owens, would let this guy just not not walk, but would not keep him happy considering pound for pound as good as anybody in the league. Well, apparently they mucked it up somehow because it went from, Oh, Debo's going to get extended any day now to Debo wants a trade. Only Debo, his agent and the 49ers know why. So he did that to tell the 49ers, Hey, I know you're talking. And, all of a sudden, all is not right in San Francisco. Not only is this problematic because of how talented Debo Samuel is, it's problematic because your other expensive offensive weapon, George Kittle, can't stay healthy for more than three games a year. Uh, what do George Kittle and Amari Cooper have in common? They both play three games a year. The only problem is Amari's on the field for all 16. Uh, and now... The possibility of, it looks like they're not going to trade Jimmy G this offseason, as of yet. You never know. Draft is coming up. But now you have the possibility of Trey Lance coming in as quarterback with an injury-prone tight end, albeit a super talented one, but an injury-prone tight end, and now a second-year quarterback who didn't look awesome last year, which is fine. He's developing. Now you might not have Debo Samuel there to kind of, you know, be a security blanket for him. That's a problem. That's a big problem in San Fran. And I think I think we had to look at this, Chris. One one. Jeff Darlington's the only one that really got the scoop on this because uh, he directly talked to Debo Samuel, and Debo didn't tell him anything other than what you just said. Um. So anyone that says anything else is probably just spewing conjecture which is about what i'm going to do because i kind of uh, what i've heard i kind of agree with um and I'll, I'll i don't know what you for chris but i think um to see what your insight on this is supposedly um he wants to be paid like a running back slash wide receiver we all heard the rumors coming out that he's mm-hmm. going to reset the market that he's creating this unique position of a wide receiver running back with what all he does. Uh, I guess he did a grand total of 60 runs last year. So he wanted to be paid like a combo running back wide receiver. Uh, I think that's fair. I don't know about you. Um, he's currently the 78th ranked uh, in AAB um, in wide receivers. That's 7-8 because he's on his rookie contract. And he's a second-round pick, so he doesn't get the fourth, fifth-year option. So he is a UFA next year. That's... Um, uh, free agent. 
uh, unrestricted free agent. So I say that because all that because they didn't want to pay him clearly because he wants to trade. Um, supposedly there was suppose this is where the murkiness comes in is that if they weren't going to pay him, then he just wants to be utilized as a wide receiver. Chris, I, I like, I link this to um, sort of the situation the Saints had with Jimmy Graham. I think if you remember, he wanted to get paid like a wide receiver because let's be fair, the Saints were using him like a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to. They shipped him to Seattle. He got paid in Seattle. You know, and, you know, history's history. He didn't really succeed after that. But, you know, there's president here of, of a player that is trying to revolutionize a position. And I think he is. And uh, that team not paying him and shipping him out of town. I think personally, uh, Debo should get paid um, above market value if he's going to produce what he's produced on the field, uh, similar to last year. He was a threat on so many levels. Um, I don't have his stats up per se at the moment, but I'm trying to get him up because I know he had 60 runs. I think he had double-digit touchdowns. I'm not 100% sure on that one. Um, and I know he didn't have the excuse me, he didn't have the uh, wide receiver stats that you would expect or hope from your number one. Right. But like I said, he's revolutionizing the position. So to think he's going to have, you know, record-breaking numbers like a Michael Thomas. Um, so we're looking at, okay, so here's the numbers, Kristen. You tell me what you think of this, and then I'll let you kind of kind of break in here. Uh, he had 77 receptions on 1,400 yards, six receiving touchdowns. And then he had 59 rushes, 365 yards, and eight touchdowns. So he comboed 14 touchdowns. He comboed um, 17, almost 1,800 yards. And between receptions and uh, rushing attempts, he comboed about 1,300 touches. So, and that's with 121 targets in in the reception field. So, um, and then I'll just... I'll leave it at this, and you 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 take it away. Uh, combined between receiving and rushing, he had eight fumbles and only two lost. So keep this in mind too. He had all of those stats yep. on a team that is undoubtedly obsessed with the run, run heavy. Yep. Wants to use the tight end and George get older, high priced tight end. Often had a lot of inconsistency and turnover on offense including the quarterback not being in for every game. And let's face it, Jimmy G is not exactly Patrick Mahomes. All that with essentially a subpar offense around him, an offense that he directly made churn the way it did. Directly. Uh, I I told you before we started recording, I had something I wanted to run by you because it, it, it kind of made me, me chuckle a little bit because... Everybody's always so quick to jump the gun. It was this article on Bleacher Report, and I didn't read it because, like I said, it was on Bleacher Report. Uh, <laughs> and it said the Debo Samuel situation will kill the wide back trend. So in their mind, because a guy who essentially carried the offense last year, especially in the playoffs, that's yeah. anybody with eyes. Functioning eyes and any kind of knowledge of the game, even bare minimum, could see that. Uh, all now because this guy wants to get paid when players who can't do half, three quarters of what he can do are getting paid astronomically higher than him. This is his last year before he's a free agent. And he wants to get paid. And according to these schmucks, that's going to cause the whole trend of if a guy is athletic enough to do that, it's going to kill it because teams don't want to pay that. There is no trend. Debo Samuel is the trend. 
Debo Samuel is the anomaly. Now, there are guys who try it. Patriots did it with Kendrick Bourne a little bit. And Kendrick, Bourne's a, Kendrick Bourne's a very nice player. And yeah. thrilled he's on the team. Seems like a great dude, too, off the field. Any interview you hear with him, says all the right things. Seems like a really good dude. Thrilled to have him on the team. Joyce playing New England. Joyce playing in New England. Happy to have him. Hope he's here for a long time. Uh, but the difference between a Kendrick Bourne and a Debo Samuel is it factor. Paul Pierce was a fantastic basketball player. Paul Pierce ain't Kobe Bryant. Sorry, Celtics fans out there. It's <laughs> just the reality of it. He was great, and we were happy to have him on the Celtics. And it was awesome watching him. And he got a championship and a whole nine yards. And that's a great story. Wasn't Kobe. Wasn't Jordan. As much as it pains me to say, wasn't LeBron. There's guys who are just special and have an it factor. Devontae Adams, nobody batted an eye when he made more and a year on his contract than two-thirds of the starting quarterbacks in the league make because he's that good. He's an anomaly. He's special. So is Debo Samuel. There is no trend. Debo Samuel is the trend. It is Debo Samuel. You're paying for something special that until this point, you can't get anywhere else. And the 49ers are going to potentially have to trade that or just let him walk after this year. Man, that is... Ah, that that's a tough one. If you're a Niners fan, that is a hard one to swallow. Yeah. And Chris, um, boy, I agree with a lot of what you said, although I think uh, Cordell Patterson kind of started a little bit, but not, as I, as I say to uh, someone I know who's a huge 49er fan, Cordell Patterson started it, Debo Samuel took it to another level. Yes. And, and I'll just hammer this point in um, as far as where he ranks, um, I'm looking at Tyreek Hill. I understand Tyreek Hill plays with probably the best quarterback in the league. Um, yeah, uh, uh, last year I meant. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, know, I don't even. I don't know. with you. Yeah. Uh, last year he had 111 uh, receptions, uh, 1,239 yards, and nine touchdowns. I mean, yes, the receptions are bigger, but you know the yards aren't uh, bigger, and the touchdowns are three and if you compute the rushing you know Debo kind of kind of smashes what uh, Tyreek Hill did last year and I bring that point up because as you know Tyreek Hill is now a 30 million dollar AAV wide receiver I believe and I could if I'm wrong on this fine I believe Debo Samuel should be number one ranked wide receiver as far as AAV. He should be 30 plus with the impact he has on the game. And if you go to if you go to a team that can utilize him, then absolutely. And if and if no team wants to pay him that money, then he justifiably should be able to tell every team, then do not run me but run me 60 times a game. Yep. 60 times a year. Yep. Because that's 60 hits I'm gonna hit. Yep. yep. And even though he's a big boy, uh, Cam Newton's a big boy. Uh, Cam Newton took a lot of hits. He delivered a lot of hits, but he took a lot. And now Cam Newton probably at 30, 31, 32, I think he is. Yeah. He's probably done. Probably done. Yeah. So I'll just say that. These guys have a short period to make huge dollars. Um, this is and this is Chris, and, and I'll just leave it at this. This is why we, when we talk about football, and we talk about contracts and we, the deserving of these contracts. Excuse me, because these guys go out and perform every Sunday, or Thursday, Saturday, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But generally, Sunday. They go out and perform, and they put a product on the field consistently that is entertaining and doesn't drag on forever. So that's why if anyone is out there is like, well, you don't talk this kind of money like with baseball players, because these guys go out and perform. They put themselves on the internet. We've talked many times how Matthew Judon's out there trying to recruit. 
some of the funniest people on 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 Twitter are Marlon Humphrey and, and Matthew Judon and and Kyle Van Noy. Um, and I think that's why personally for me, Chris, I, I, I sit here and I'll support these guys to get their top oh, yeah. dog because I think yep. they deserve it. Yep. You know, I'm looking at uh, there, there's one team I can think of and, and and I'll give you a chance to guess before I before I say them. Mm-hmm. There's one team I'm thinking of and I know their cap situation isn't the best. And look, before we just get out of the way first, I'd love the Patriots to get them. That's not what the Patriots do. They're not. It's not no. going to happen. I love no. it. I, I joked with you the other day when I first heard about this, saying, "Come on, Kendrick Bourne, let's get let's <laughs> let's start recruiting your boy here in New England." It's not well, what they do. You, you did say Matthew Judon first, but I think we've. Uh, oh yeah, we yeah, the Judon we, is, we, is we, yeah. He, he should stay on the field. He's talented on yeah. the field. Not such a great recruiter. Um, yeah. I, I'd love it to see it happen. It'd be great, but it's not what they do. They're not going to go. They're not going to spend that money on one player. They're not going to give up that draft capital. There's one team in the AFC. By the way, if this happens, the influx of talent just continues to move out of the NFC, which is at this point is the CFL at this point, minus the Bucks and, and, and Rams. There's one team that has watched gone from, man, this is a team that could win the Super Bowl to, uh, okay, now where do they rank after all these offseason moves and all this influx of talent from the NFC to the AFC and, you know, uh, the, uh, you know, the, power rankings, how they moved around with all the players moving. One team could take what they have already with their players coming back healthy and their dynamic quarterback and instantly, by adding Debo Samuel, make themselves a 100% legitimate Super Bowl threat. Who am I talking about? So there's, there's two teams, right? Okay. There was one team I thought, well, that's that's the team. We st-. But then you started speaking, and like, no, he's talking about the Baltimore Ravens. Who was the first team you thought? Uh, the Buffalo Bills. I am talking about the Ravens. You are correct. Okay. I don't think th- – it, it sounds crazy to say. Now, I don't think the Bills would want him or need him. I just think with Diggs and the offense they have structured, I think yeah, yeah, you'd almost be adding too much. It's like when you yeah. – <laughs> Like when you're playing Madden and you just create an all-star team and everyone's yeah. ratings drop because you throw to one guy and it's like, oh, okay. Or you, you dilute the um, touches so much. Yeah, that... so much. Exactly. I don't think. I, I got you. And Debo is a number one all day. Mm-hmm. And if you want to persuade Lamar, because there's kind of reports out of there that they want to negotiate with Lamar and Lamar is kind of eh, backed off a little bit. I don't know what the truth is. I'm not an insider. Either way, it's interesting with all the money being thrown out that Lamar Jackson has not signed his extension when it's very, very clear that offense is built around him and he is the heart and soul of that team. And the kids got it. He gets better every year. Right. Interesting. Go ahead, Chris. Interesting. He has not (laughs) uh, received his extension yet. Bring in a guy like Debo. I know they have to do a lot of finagling with the cap. Teams do it every year. Whatever. Kick the can down the road. Whatever. I don't know. It'd take a lot of that. I, I, I'm not a, an NFL salary cap specialist. Obviously, if you listen to this podcast for the past two years, you know this. It would honest. I mean, am I wrong? Though? Would it not instantly make them a Super Bowl favorite? Oh uh, yeah. I mean, you got Dobbins Especially, back. You got their offensive lineman back. You got uh, Mark yep. Andrews, one of the best tight ends in the game. You know, Lamar, and then you had Debo, and then Hollywood Brown doesn't have to be a one. Oh yeah, he doesn't have to be the one. And then the and other they kid a- they drafted last year, uh, Bateman. Uh, Rashad Bateman Rashad yeah. doesn't have to try to pick up the slack and be a one or a two. He can just develop. It, it whole different dynamic to that team with Debo. And I think, uh, I think what Lamar's waiting for is that I, I, you can say what you want. If you're a supporter of Hollywood Brown out there, I understand, but he's not. He has not transformed the offense like he should have. With a, I believe he was at least a top fifteen, if not top ten pick. Um. I think this might influence Lamar Jackson to sign his contract extension just because now you've you've supplied him with uh, equal talent that the nightmares that it would give defensive coordinators week in and week out are, are insurmountable. I just I don't know how they would go to sleep honestly because 
you you if you stop Lamar, how do you stop Debo and vice versa? And then throw in Hollywood Brown and then throw in J.K. Dobbins. And then uh oh hey, by the way, uh, Mark Andrews is there too. So yeah, yeah, there's that. And Ronnie Stanley, all world uh, left tackle, hopefully he can stay healthy this year. And then oh, FYI, the number 14 pick, which they literally could do anything with. And then I think this would give them ammunition and you'll see to my mock draft, Chris, um, that they can kind of lean uh, on the defense, especially if they made this deal, they can lean on the defense. Um, I don't think it would take that. I don't think they would, they might have to give up that 14th pick, but I would, if I'm the Ravens, I might try to finagle multiple first round picks in future years to kind of wiggle Debo Samuel out. But who knows? We'll, have, we'll just have to see where, uh, where it lands. Yeah, uh, and I, I like Hollywood Brown, but yeah, you're right. He didn't transform the offense, and he was the 25th overall pick in 2019. Um, it, it he hasn't transformed it, but if you have Debo, doesn't have to anymore. He can he can just be the two and a really good one too, because he has his moments, and he, he he's a fine receiver. He's just not a dominant one that the right. Ravens need to be competitive. But all right, you mentioned it. It is what. The fantasy draft is to me being second Christmas. This is, I believe, your second Christmas being maybe even first, being draft time. This is the thing you love. You're a college football aficionado. I really think you probably forgot more already today than I probably ever knew to begin with about college football. Uh, so, this is your thing you do every year. Your mock draft. Um, how are we gonna do this? Uh, well, Chris, uh, I'm gonna give you a rundown of a kind of a portion of my mock draft and then i'm going to highlight one player and i i, I do want to start off with um apologize to everyone because i wasn't able to invest the the time and effort that i wanted to like i did in past mock drafts to to really kind of put myself in a position where i can uh, make uh sound decisions on these draft picks albeit it really doesn't matter chris because i did pretty Pretty sound research previous two years, and gonna, I think yeah, you're gonna nail it. Watch you get like 15 right, huh? I know, right? Uh, do you um, want to? Uh, do you, is this list on your computer? Do you want to screen share it, or do you want? Uh, it's actually on my. Uh, oh, that's fine. My, no big deal. That's fine. No I problem. apologize. I didn't. I didn't get that far. No um, problem, dude. It's fine. But I am gonna tweet out um, uh, each section uh, throughout the week and uh, kind of let people know where I stand. Um, then there's a few controversial picks, I think, in here that um, people would disagree with. So um, let me let's a, just let me add a curiosity before you go. Let me pull up a so-called experts uh, drafts just so I can see if you how you uh, compare. Okay. So you do uh, uh, Daniel Jeremiah or or uh, Bucky Brooks? Want me to, what, which one do you want me to do? Isn't Daniel Jeremiah uh, the one you, you like? Uh, I like Mike Mayock, but he hasn't come back to NFL.com yet. Or NFL Who, who's the yet. guy you really, the college analyst you really like? Joel Klatt. Klatt, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I don't know if he's done a mock draft. I think he's just done top 50 players because, I don't know, maybe he's waiting for, like, the last day. All right. Before. I uh, have. Yep. Uh, From March 22nd, Daniel Jeremiah's third uh, variation of his Mock draft. Well, it was only three. Uh, I could have sworn it was more than that. Uh, might have been. Hold on, let me. Let me see. Maybe I. Uh, maybe I'm missing one here. I, uh, I honestly don't know. Um. No, no, it looks like just three so far. All right, we're gonna uh, go with that one. We're gonna take that one. We're gonna see. Don't worry, he might have one more before uh, next uh, next Thursday. I mean, you're probably gonna have like five more. Honestly, Jesus. All right, all right, let's get so, started. All right, so one through six, I have the Jaguars taking number one, Aiden Hutchinson out of Michigan. That's a uh, edge rusher. Uh, number two, Lions are going to take uh, Kayvon Thibodeau from uh, Oregon. That's another edge rusher. Texans are going to take uh, Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati as a cornerback. Uh, the Jets are going to take wide receiver Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State. The Giants are going to take Evan Neal, tackle out of uh, Alabama. And then the Carolina Panthers are going to finish out the top six with uh, Kyle Hamilton, safety out of 
Notre Dame. And I'm going to highlight uh, Aiden Hutchinson. And um, look, this guy, uh, he does it all. And and the argument between him and Kayvon Thibodeau and, uh, and Walker, which we'll get to later in the draft, um, really is upside. Um, Walker and Thibodeau are kind of thought as more upside. Where Hutchinson is kind of, uh, I say Mario Williams would be, a, uh, I think, an admirable comp to him where it's a safe pick, but it's a high-value pick at number one. And he sets the edge. He can pass rush, bull, speed, spin move, agility. Like, he's got it all. Like, so much so he was, I mean, you can argue, but he, he was at, New, he was in New York for the Heisman. So, take that for what it's worth. Yeah, as a defensive player, that's, that's right. not a common thing. I mean, the last defensive player to, and the only defensive player to win, uh, the Heisman, of course, is Charles Woodson, but I digress. Um, I just think it's going to be an excellent pick for the Jags and uh, Josh Allen on the other edge. I mean, pair those two together, and now you. Oh yeah. Maybe, and I know, I know, I know where you're going to go with this, Chris. Maybe the Jacksonville Jaguars can start building something. Yeah, and then they'll trade it away a couple years later. Um, Any thoughts I, on that one? <laughs> yeah, you were actually pretty close. Uh, uh, um. He has Hutchinson as well. Uh, the only one that you did not have in your top six was uh, Trayvon Walker. He had him at home in the two to Detroit. Yeah, I have Walker lower. Uh, and let's see. Garrett Wilson, he had going eight to the Falcons. Mm-hmm. Hamilton was going 11 to Washington. But, I mean, that's at this point, it just makes a match. I asked you earlier, you said when you said how we were going to do this, you're going to do it in groups. You gave me a couple guys so I could watch a little bit of video and – yeah. Look, I, whenever people people make comps, it's always, you know, it's never, oh, this guy reminds me of a third-string linebacker. It's always over the top. So why break that trend? Especially as somebody who's not a college football aficionado. Mm-hmm. I looked at this guy. You watch the moves. You watch the agility. You watch the motor. And for me, what a big fan of this guy I am. I'm about to say it, it's saying something. I see T.J. Watt. Okay. I know it's not a linebacker, but just the – it looked like a man out there playing with boys, and that came out way wrong. That's not – I didn't mean anything in a weird way. <laughs> a man amongst boys. Uh, and uh, it, 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 he looked like he was just on a different level. I mean, the strength, the, the just the snap the ball – one motion, guys pass the offensive lineman, and he's hitting the quarterback. I saw one highlight. He got there so fast, he almost seemed like he didn't know what to do because he was in the quarterback's face so fast, he had to like almost hold himself up and then tackle him a different way because he didn't want to get flagged. This is a perfect guy for the Jaguars to build around, especially with Josh Allen on the other side of the line. But again, no. it's Jacksonville, so how good is it really going to get? And that's a great point, Chris. I, I completely get that. So I'm just, I'm just hoping he he makes an impact, and then he gets out in the free agent market and goes somewhere else, so I can really root for him. Because I hate to see him in Jacksonville, to be honest with you. Oh yeah, for sure. And uh, I had to make some quick adjustments just to be very transparent because I put uh, Garrett Wilson number four, and uh, then I put Garrett Wilson at number eight again, which is funny. <laughs> which is funny. That's why you mentioned like oh number eight and like wait a minute i have garrett wilson at eight. Oh, and i have him at four so uh but i want to stick with garrett wilson at four um how, how great would that be if a team wanted a player and like the team before them drafted him and they just came out and drafted him anyways <laughs> be a dick move but and they're like yeah like if the jets watched that last year like yeah we're gonna draft trevor lawrence too <laughs> so uh at seven okay and i know the giants are there right there again crazy how they five five and seven but uh number seven uh derek singley jr cornerback uh, out of LSU. Uh, and number eight, I'm going to have the Falcons take Drake London, a wide receiver out of USC. Um, Seattle is going to take Ross, a tackle out of Mississippi State. Uh, Jets, The Jets are on the clock again. Now they're going to go the other side. Uh, get Booth, cornerback out of, again, I'm not well-versed, uh, Clemson. And uh, the commanders are going to take offensive lineman uh, Linderbaum, and he is from Iowa. 
And then finally, number 12, they're going to wrap up this uh, top 12 with uh, Walker defense alignment. And I believe he's out of, of Georgia, if I remember correctly. Yes, Georgia. So I'm going to highlight um, Derek Stingley Jr. Yes, uh, Stingley is the, I believe, the son of, um, what's that player, Chris? Uh, history? Uh, Stingley? Oh, man. Uh, Raiders? I think so. Raiders? I, I, I have to look it up. I, I remembered it a few years ago when I saw the name, and I looked it up then. But uh, uh, Stingley, very, very good. Like this kid jumped on the Dude. field, uh, his rookie, uh, not rookie, uh, freshman year, and everyone to a T said he could jump right to the NFL. Now, unfortunately, injuries have hampered him the past couple of seasons, but I think the talent's there. I think the ability's there, and the Giants have a need. Um, they address tackle. Now they need to address cornerback and tie, you know, tie him to. Uh, Bradbury, and now you have two corners, and I think I think Stingley can show that the talent he showed in 2018, where he was just a dominant force on LSU, is is just going to shine. And, and I, I love I'd love to see them Giants take him and and just really him really stand out. Uh, what's your thoughts, Chris? Oh, uh, well, first of all, um, you're in. It's a major disagreement here between you and Mr. Jeremiah. Uh, he has Stingley going at 20 to Pittsburgh. Well, good for him. And uh, Linden, Linderbaum, Lindenbaum going at yep. 31 to the Bengals. Okay. Um, just a you know, point of reference. I yep. think he's probably wrong, but, you know, I, I, I trust your instincts far more than his. Uh, yeah, Stingley. Oh, my God, man. I had never seen this kid play before, and I watched a highlight video. I actually watched it twice earlier. And yep. – all I kept thinking of was Ty Law. Yeah. yeah Just I can see that. Physical, yet uh, has uh, agility and just attacks the ball. Yeah. Like, and there's, I saw this one throw, didn't get the game it was in. It was a highlight reel. He had his back to the, the, the receiver. The receiver had his hands on the ball, and he just, in an instant, without even looking, Reached up, grabbed it, fought for it, got the interception, and came down with the ball. Yeah. Split second. Just, that's not something you teach. That's that's instincts. And this kid will not fall to 20. There is no way. And and to be clear, like, Sauce Gardner put on a, a show this past season with Cincinnati, and there they were a Final Four team. They were in the college football playoffs. So, understandably, Gardner, who put together a better season this year than Derek Stingley, is understandable why he why I have him going three, why a lot of people have him going top five. But if you look at 2018, are you willing to gamble in a top ten pick with Derek Stingley? Absolutely, I would be. Oh yeah, for sure, absolutely, without a doubt. He's he's ready now. He's he's NFL ready. Absolutely. Number thirteen, I have the Texans taking James Williams, uh, wide receiver, Alabama. Uh, I have the Ravens taking Devin Lloyd. Linebacker out of Utah. I have the Eagles at number 15 taking Trayvon Burks, um, wide receiver out of Arkansas. I have the Saints. I had to make a switch um, and put uh, Ekuan, I believe that's how I pronounce it right, tackle out of NC State. Uh, the Chargers I have taking Nicobe Dean, linebacker out of Georgia. And the Eagles at number 18, I have taken Trevor Penning, offensive lineman. I'm not quite sure which position. I think he plays tackle, but um, I know for sure he's on the offensive line. That says tackle here. Yeah. Okay. And he is out of Northern Iowa. Um, I'm going to highlight Williams, wide receiver. And why I have him going to Texans? Texans can take a gamble on this. He's not going to be ready for the season. He's probably not going to be ready until middle of the season. The Texans are not in win mode now. No. They're just not. So between Sauce Gardner, getting him used to the NFL game, and letting Williams heal up, I think, and then let, let Davis Mills kind of continue to grow with, obviously, Brandon Cook's got his new contract and all other assets around him. I think next year you can see Williams, because I'll tell you what, 
the difference of the Alabama offense with Williams on the field and Williams off the field is significant. So this guy, when he gets gets back on the field healthy, will be a factor. All right, full disclosure, I don't have anything to offer there because I didn't, yeah, it's I didn't video and I didn't watch highlights of any of those guys, so my fault. That's all right. What uh, what uh, what is uh, Mister Mister Jeremiah have to say? Oh, uh, you were uh... you were pretty close to a lot of those. Yeah. Uh, he had he had Kenny Pickett going to the Saints at eighteen. Uh, he had Penning going. He had Penning going to the Chargers at seventeen. Okay. Uh, he did have. Uh, you say the other guy you mentioned, Devin Lloyd. Well, Devin Lloyd, yeah, Baltimore Ravens. He had him 14. going at thirteen or sixteen. Excuse me, to the Eagles. So I mean, you were you were in the ballpark with some of those, which probably means they're the ones you're going to get wrong. Probably. All right, uh, number nineteen. Back to the Saints. Uh, I believe it's Trent McDuffie is uh, his first name, and Trent McDuffie is a cornerback out of Washington. Uh, Steelers. Here's our first quarterback, Chris Malik Willis. Not pick it, huh? Not like everyone's not saying. Pick, not pick no, it. Okay. Malik Willis out of uh, of uh, Liberty. That's a Division two school. Now this is a pie in the sky uh, to all you Patriot fans. Um, I don't think he's going to drop here, but this is a little unbiased on my part. Uh, Jordan Davis, defensive lineman out of Georgia, going to the New England Patriots. No, I know I'm going to at 21. Uh, number 22, I have Chris Olave, wide receiver out of Ohio State, going to the Packers. Number 23, the Cardinals, taking edge rusher out of Florida State, Johnson. And number 24, Cowboys, taking offense lineman, Ramen, out of uh, Central Michigan University. So I'm going to highlight, obviously, the quarterback. Malik Willis. Obviously, if you've heard about his combine, he stepped on the field and dazzled everybody. Um, seems like he's a good kid. There's a lot of good chatter coming out of the combine, out of his pro day. Uh, didn't run as fast as they expected him to, but he's got raw talent, raw ability. He's from a Division two school. And, and what really kind of swung me is I was listening to a podcast uh that I kind of, kind of listen to every year, around this time, and it kind of, kind of solved my, opened my eyes to something. And and we've talked about this before, the uh, division that the Steelers are in. Uh, look at the other three teams and tell me that a no offense to Kenny Pickett, but he is a pocket passer with supposedly undersized hands, um, very very talented, uh, pro ready, but maybe not have the upside and the ability that Deshaun, Joe Burrow, and Lamar Jackson have. So would you rather gamble on Kenny Pickett, who may be not good enough or maybe just barely good enough? Or Malik Willis, if you have Trubisky on the team already and you can sit Willis for maybe a season or two? It, Yeah, I, absolutely. I would, I'd rather have Willis. Um it's funny you mentioned other quarterbacks because I saw him and the first thing I thought was like great value Lamar Jackson. Uh, because and I don't mean that as a slight because he's not going to be Lamar because number one no one's Lamar, no. And uh, number two, he's still too inexperienced and it's just a comp. So I'm not trying to be insane here, but I saw a, a, a similar as far as his willingness to when he knows he's going to run that ball comes down and he runs. He he made sharp. You didn't see him run and then scamper and then not go past the line and then and and that's how you get turnovers that's how you make mistakes i saw a guy who was good at making decisions a guy who would stand in the pocket and throw when need be uh, and i say great value lamar jackson simply because he's not as fast and he doesn't quite have the lamar like video game joystick uh, moves mm-hmm. but right out the gate Far better arm, far more accurate. Uh, I'm not saying this guy is going to be an MVP candidate year one, but especially in that division, with the talent of you know the the level of play that is going to be in that in that division, 
they need somebody who can step in and be dynamic. Because right now, you have Najee Harris. Is Najee Harris a good north-south runner? Okay. Proved he can be a good receiver. Without somebody dynamic under center, that's going to hinder a lot of what the other weapons on an offense can do. You need this kid. Because Mitch Trubisky might be a nice stopgap. Might be somebody nice to have in there while this kid's learning. But he's not the long-term answer. They need right. someone who is. Right. And this is, and if you're the, you're the Steelers and you have a history of with Mike Tomlin never being sub five, a sub 500, mm-hmm. you're going to go with Mitch Trubisky this year and hopefully go 500 and then start next year your ascent back to the top of the division um, as the other teams in the division start to have the discussion of, and, and again, we know it's monopoly money, but you know, at some point you have to pay, pay, pay people. Um, when Joe Burr gets his contract, when Deshaun's contract starts to increase, when Lamar actually signs his contract, you'd be in an advantageous position to surround Willis with weapons. That's, that's what I think. And let's to be fair. I don't think anybody ever has made as much fun of Mitchell Trubisky as I have. You know, Mitchie three picks, whole nine yards. Uh, but let's not forget, this man took Matt Nagy's offense to the playoffs twice. So, right. I mean, okay, he's not Josh Allen. No. But you can work with something there. And I think Mike Tomlin's going to get more out of him than anybody else could. Number 25, uh George Pickens, wide receiver out of Georgia. Uh, at 26, the Titans are going to take George Karloffis, uh, edge rusher out of Purdue. Number 27, the Buccaneers are going to take Daxton Hill, defensive back out of Michigan. The Packers, with their second first-round pick at 28, are going to take another wide receiver, Watson, out of uh, North Dakota State. Uh, the Chiefs are going to take at 29 uh, offensive lineman Green out of Texas A&M. Um, the Chiefs have, again, back up, number 30. Uh, they're going to take safety uh, scene out of, I believe that's Clemson, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, no, Georgia, I'm sorry, Georgia. Uh, number 31, the Bengals are going to take McCreary cornerback out of uh, Auburn and with the 32nd pick and this Chris this I, I'm I'm fighting to change this one before the draft uh, I'm I'm 98% sure I'm going to stick with it but uh, I'm, I'm fighting with it okay uh, the Lions are going to take uh, Kenny Pickett's uh, Ooh. out of uh, Pittsburgh quarterback okay but I am I am I am fighting this one. Uh, and I do have a thought of maybe making a trade in this spot. And I do leave the opportunity open that there might be some trades. Uh, 29 and 30 with the Chiefs. That's a that's a recipe right there to trade if there is one. Um, but I'm going to highlight Daxton Hill uh, for 27 with the Buccaneers. And and predominantly, I'm picking this one because Daxon Hill resides from Michigan. Uh, so I've seen him play a lot. Seen him play outside. I've seen him play inside. I've seen him play safety. I've even seen him play when they had it, the Viper position, just a little bit. And that was um, when they had Don Brown as their defensive coordinator. Obviously, he's he's long moved on for, uh, to another team, and they don't play that, he, uh, that defense anymore. But uh, Daxon Hill's versatility – and I know they drafted which which cornerback did they draft last year? The legacy. Uh, Antoine Winfield's kid? Uh, yes, I believe so. I think it was yeah. And and I think this this guy and there's a lot of people who have Dax Hill going to New England uh because of his versatility. Which I wouldn't shy away from that either. But um I think he never really peaked until this past season. Uh, with his talent, whatever you want to decide that reason is. Um, but I think he play, he can play inside and outside and safety. And there's just so much versatility within that. It's a safe enough pick at 27 where the Bucks can just say, okay, 
he doesn't work outside, we sl- slot him inside because this is a league where three wide receivers are almost the standard. So, uh, and if it doesn't work out there, then slip him back to safety. There's no issues there. It's like the guy can just, you're almost to the point, Chris, where you want six defensive backs. Yep. Yep. Um, we see the Patriots starting to really juice up on, on, uh, safeties um not you know kyle Douglas there you have uh Devin mccordy still and um adrian phillips resigned and i'm forgetting a couple other ones but they just signed my guy from michigan jabril peppers so oh, i'm so excited about that pick about that signing uh, stoked, that's that's so good stoked. so good um but yeah that's where i landed with my draft and i'll just say this uh i was disappointed to see david ojabo um Get injured in his pro day, uh, towards ACL. Oh, in his pro day, at his pro day. Yeah. Oh, dude, that sucks. Yep, um, he would have been top fifteen, almost guarantee it. So I just wanted to mention David Ojabo. He's an edge rusher. He comboed well with uh, Aiden Hutchinson. Really, he really, <laughs> he really came out on his own this 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 season. So there's some places that are mocking him late in the first round to get that fifth year option teams that may not necessarily need a pass rusher but see the talent so that's why i'm saying i'm like fighting at 32 to yeah yeah uh because david ajabo is a top 15 talent Mm. he's still raw so uh and i will get off my michigan soapbox uh for (laughs) chris to kind of take over and see where daryl daniel jeremiah kind of Kind of hates my picks. Well, he agreed with the uh, Chris Olave pick at 22. Okay. Uh, and he has Jamison Williams going to the Patriots at 21. Okay. Uh, and I guess that's Stanley Jr. going to the Steelers. He does not have he does not have Willis being drafted in the first round. Okay. Or Wills. Is it Willis or Wills? Uh, Malik Willis. Malik Willis, okay. Does not have him okay. going in the first round at all, which I don't, I don't see how that's possible in a quarterback-driven league. Daniel Jeremiah uh, has a different uh, pers- uh, standard of uh, quarterbacks. If if, get, if he gets the thirty-two, and Willis hasn't been picked, the Lions take him. I mean, come on. The Lions take him, or someone comes There's, up from the first from the second right. round and takes him. Uh, but that's that's pretty much it. I mean, every everybody else who he had picked was kind of already either not in the first round or uh, picked previously. So there wasn't and, a whole lot of matching in that in that last group you did, but. <laughs> And that's what you'll see a lot of him. Uh, no knock on Daniel Tremont. I'm not trying to knock the guy. He does more research than I'll ever do. Uh, he, it's just he'll he'll reach. He'll reach a lot. Uh, you'll see it if Mike Mayock ever comes back. You'll see it with Mike Mayock. He'll he'll reach late in the first round. Uh, case in point, Chris, didn't we just see in his, his previous draft? Where he reached on Damon Arnett from Ohio State. Yeah, that worked out where's well. Damon, where, where's Damon Arnett now? Hanging out with Henry Ruggs. Uh, so, uh, again, not to take a cheap shot at Mike Mayock, but, I mean, proof's in the pudding. So, But, um, yeah, I'll pretty much stand by my draft. Um, I'm hoping to get, like, three right. Uh, I think I'm solid on, on Hutchinson, and then after that, it's, you know, what do teams really want is the question and where to uh who wants to jump up um because you know the jets could reasonably drop if they wanted to number four they could drop down uh, i think you're gonna see a lot of top teams and uh, top of the draft teams making a lot more moves this year than past years because i don't think i'm sure there's a ton of talent but all of the quote sexy positions, uh, that you know the quarterbacks, the running backs. Was there one running back in the first round? Uh, Kenneth Walker. There's there's three guys. There's Kenneth Walker the third, uh, Brees Hall, and Spiller. Spiller, I believe, is related to um, C.J. Spiller. Okay. Um, I don't really see either any one of the three viable as a first round running back. I'm looking Even here. At, I, don't, I don't see one of Jeremiah's first round. Oh, no. He does have Brees Hall going to Buffalo. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you can make that argument, I guess. But 
I, I wouldn't spend a first round pick on any of these guys. I like Kenneth Walker had a Heisman uh, a run in the middle of the season, but uh, yeah, he came up against Ohio State at the wrong time. Ohio State? I think it was Ohio State or someone else and just got his uh, not, socks knocked off and never really recovered. And Michigan State's run uh, undefeated stalled and he's nice, but he's not, you know. Chris, I can make the same argument. If someone wants to make an argument about Kenneth Walker, I can make the same argument about uh, Hassan Haskins, who ripped off a Heisman run of his own. It's only right. that Kenneth Walker had a better run than Hassan. So it, it, it's just the the sexy picks are wide receiver. Um, but the two best ones, one's injured in Williams, and – Trayvon Burks is raw. He's a big boy. They liken him to AJ Brown, DK Metcalf. Mm -hmm. That big body runs good routes. So, and then the other, the flip side is, you know, the guys who are covering those wide receivers, the cornerbacks. And then you can, you can even look at edge. Um, Not as, as sexy, but edge rushers, defensive ends. There's a lot of them. So you can really, it's a good draft. There's just no names that are going to, you know, stand out. But, hey, Chris, I can be honest with you. You've seen, we've seen a lot of drafts where after you get out of, out of six, seven. Yeah, it's, 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 get, it's, yeah crazy. It's, it starts to get real ugly. Yeah. I think this draft could be, like, top to bottom. You see in four or five years, it's like, okay. It may have not been a sexy draft. But out of 32 picks, 20 of them really said hey, a lot of quality players. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I just, uh, there's just not the look next year. I'm telling you right now, next year should be exciting. Should be a little bit more exciting, especially if uh, there's more quarterbacks that are coming out than are positions available in the, in the um, NFL, because you could really see that. Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love situation happened again. It, it is distinctly possible, and uh, I'll be excited to see this happen. But um, yeah, uh, this will put a book on version one of one. There will not be a second one. <laughs> we'll sign that and put it up on auction. Uh, do me a favor uh, if you get a chance to at some point for the draft. You can send me like either even a picture of that. That way I have it, and then draft day I can follow along to see how many you got right. That'd be fun. Well, Absolutely, will do. And I'll put it, like I said, I'll put it up on Twitter. Awesome. Um, and if I get to it, uh, I'll put it up on Instagram too so everyone can see them on both spots. Um, but uh, I like doing this every year. I wish I could have done a little bit more work on it, but uh, I enjoy doing this every year. And I like to stand on one uh, because I think doing three, four, five, six, yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. And I understand positions of, of change and need changes trades but realistically you can you can do what mike mayock always did he always rotated his top 50 he just kept saying you know this is this person's here this person's here this person and then he came out with his his mock draft so and let's be real you said earlier when you said we're not trying to knock on daniel jeremiah and i made some jokes during that whole thing and we're not i mean but these guys get paid probably six figures if not more to be interesting so of course, he's going to have some oddball picks, maybe some long shots, because, number one, then if he's right, he can say, I told you so. And if he's wrong, he can say, ah, oh, nobody can guess it. Right. You don't want to be boring. These guys have to have a quota of so much stuff they have to put out in order to maintain, you know, the public image and maintain importance in the public eye. Uh, so certainly no fault for that. If I was making what they were making, I'd have 15 mock drafts right now, too. And, and they'd probably all be they'd probably all be way off. And that probably made a few... Uh, few uh... Uh, reaches in the bottom part of the draft but um you know that's what a mock drafts for and we'll it'll be interesting to see what what teams do i will say chris to to kind of finish off i think you have the chiefs have two the saints have two the eagles have two that's three teams who am i forgetting eagles have three eagles have three oh there's right the eagles have three um the jets have two and the giants have two and I'm forgetting somebody else, but I just don't see that many teams having multiple picks. 
in the See, this, first this round. might be a very boring year for about 10 different fan bases. They might just tune in. When, <laughs> if ratings are down, you're going to know it's because half the fan bases didn't tune in because their team doesn't have a pick in the first round. Oh, Chris, there was a joke made, and I, I know we're, we're running a little long, but there was a joke made. Uh, the uh, Dolphins executive, um, I don't know his name. Uh, I apologize to whoever he is, but uh, he was asked, what are you going to do on day one of the draft? Because, you know, they, they traded their first round pick. Uh-huh. Uh, watch, watch highlights of Tyreek Hill. <laughs> that's a good one. I like it. That is that is a mic that's, drop. Hey, hey, there you go. There you go. All right. Well, that is going to do it for episode 174. I got the number right. Okay, it's right there on my notepad. I got it. If you have any questions about this episode, past episodes, or anything sports-related at all, Ben, I'd love to hear from you. Where can I get in touch with us? You can hit us up on Twitter. That's at BTSPod. Facebook, Ben and Chris Talk Sports. The website, BTSPod.com. And Instagram, Ben and Chris Talk Sports. And if you have not done so yet and you feel so inclined, please go to wherever you download your favorite podcast, leave a rating and a review, and subscribe. And ask a friend to do the same. We really appreciate it. Till next time, for Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and we will see you right back here next Saturday.